Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We're going to dive right in to our study in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 6 and verse 7. We had left off yesterday talking about three types of water that are mentioned, or three kinds of water that are mentioned, that God was going to bring the people of Israel into the promised land that was going to flow. Uh, those uh, three types of water were uh, what we would call today brooks, creeks, rivers, uh, streams, and even lakes. The second type was fountains, and then the third type were the deep waters, the aquifers of underneath the earth uh, throughout all the lands of, of, of the planet. And as we look at this, we, we begin to see some parallels between natural water and what, what we're going to call spiritual water or the water that the spirit man uses, or the water that flows in the realm of the spirit. Uh, we're going to actually go to the book of beginnings in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, we find the first mention of how the earth is watered by a mist uh, in chapter 2, verse 6. And then in verse number 10, the scripture mentions that a river flowed from the area of Eden and it flowed all the way into the garden to water it. And there at the garden, then it split up into four uh, different parts or four different heads or four different areas. So this is the very first time that it's mentioned or that we find it. So uh, usually something like that we call the law of first mention. That means it's going to repeat itself throughout the rest of uh, the Bible is it, it, going to be something that is going to be provided for us so that we can learn from the very first example that is that is given, but it appears in different cycles in different places at different times. We're going to find the 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 importance of the rivers, the importance of the water, the importance of the fountains, and the importance of the depths as they relate to the Christian walk, to the Christian believer, the way that God brings us into something and the way that he also allows things to flow from our life into the lives of others. In the book of 1 Corinthians, the scripture says, uh, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one that gave the increase. These are the words that are given by the apostle Paul uh, concerning yesterday, we asked the question, how does God water us? How does he bring us into this water? Well, if we identify the water as the waters of life, that means that the flow of the word of life and the Holy Spirit of life that quickens everything in our life, then we begin to see two parallels the, the water of the word and the water of the spirit. In this sense, the scripture says and talks about the latter rain, uh, the former rain, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This was Joel's prophecy. Uh, Peter goes on to say in the book of Acts in chapter 2, this is that which was written. In other words, that which Joel had spoken of is this that is now coming to pass before your eyes. And that, that basically he was saying we're getting we're getting the, the former rain, the, the rains are, are, are beginning to fall, the, the 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 Holy Spirit flowing into people's lives. 
But then it also talked about in the latter days, your children, your sons and your daughters and your young men and old men, and they shall prophesy all this. And it's talking also about the latter rains in the day that we live, in the time that we live, there is going to be an outpouring of such a great magnitude of the Holy Spirit that it literally will flood the earth. It's not of man's doing, but it is of God's doing. So, water flows into our lives. The, the waters which the scripture talks both in Titus and in the book of uh, Ephesians in chapter 5 that is used to cleanse us. Just like in the tabernacle, there was the waters to cleanse the priest. As they went about ministering in the tabernacle, these waters were found, of course, in the brazen laver. There were also waters that they went into uh, that had to do with the red heifer for purification. So we begin to see the process uh, Jesus said, you are now clean through the words that I have spoken. So, so we see this parallelism that, that takes place between natural water and spiritual water. But just like we found and we see in the book of Genesis, the water flowing, we begin to see in the millennium in, in Ezekiel. And we'll be reading all these scriptures. I'm just kind of give, giving an introduction that the water is going to flow from the temple of God during the millennium. And that water is going to be natural water that literally is going to go all the way into the Dead Sea and heal the waters of the Dead Sea, overflow enough to flow back into the Mediterranean. And then at the same time, this water is the water that's going to come from the depths of the earth, from the foundations. This is something also that I had made mention that during the time of Noah's flood, the foundations underneath the earth that contained water and then the waters from above, well, the firmament having been split, uh, the rain pouring down, caused the worldwide flood during the time of Noah. And then, of course, we finally get to the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation in chapter 22, it also talks about the very first thing that... Uh, John saw after a new heaven and a new earth, he saw the, the river of life that flowed. So, so we begin to see that there is a parallelism here that uh, as we find it in the Old Testament, we find it in the New Testament. But let's see how it works. God had promised the people of Israel that he was going to bring them into a land. Let's read it in verse number 8. And Deuteronomy 8, 7. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee. He's the one that's bringing you into a land. A good land. A land of brooks. Or we can call it a land of brooks. A land of creeks. A, a, a land of rivers and streams and lakes. He's bringing you into a land of fountains where there's artesian wells that are bubbling up. The water itself hasn't been, it doesn't, you don't need to dig for it. But then you have the waters that are real deep depths, the waters that spring into the valleys, the waters where you dig a well, and then you have to pull out the water uh, for yourself. So, so these are, and when you stop and think about it, the, the water that is the rainwater is good water. The water that comes out of an artesian well uh, we can say that water, because it's more 
more pure as far as, as in the natural. Because the air is polluted when you have rain, you create what's called acid rain. Uh, that can actually destroy and, and kill off an entire lake. Uh, if enough time passes of all the pollution and all those particles mix in with the water and pollute the lake and kill off the fish and the living things that are in it. But then you talk about uh, people that bottle water. These are from the springs of here or the springs of there. They talk about water that that is just so natural, so fresh. And of course, that does not mean that God's spirit or God's water is polluted. But I'm just doing a comparison in the natural and just saying so. So let's continue reading in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 7. So then, neither is he that plants anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So there are people, it says here plainly, that do water. They water the lives of others. They bring comfort. They bring relief. They bring rest through their message or through their lives, the way that the Spirit of God and the Word of God flows through them. They bring these healing virtues into other people's lives. It says in verse number 8, Now he that planted and he that watereth are one. Of course, here we, we are, are, are basically saying this is this is covenant talk. Jesus prayed in John 17 that they would be one. The, the, the working of every man doing his portion and his part. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. In Isaiah 55.10 it says, And as uh, rain cometh down from the... As the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven. So here we have two things. The snow will melt and become water that will flow into streams uh, down through valleys, down through hills, and find its way uh, making creeks and brooks and uh, streams and rivers and finally flowing even into lakes. It says, as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and does not return there but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It says in verse number 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth. So here's that second part of what I had mentioned. The, the comparing of the Holy Spirit to rain uh, coming down, but also uh, comparing the word to water, to water that flows, whether in a creek or a stream or, or some type of a... Of a uh, of, of, of a moving fluid filled, in this case water, uh, thing here on the earth. And it waters just like in the garden. The river flowed into uh, from Eden into the garden. And then, of course, then it split off to different areas. But the whole earth was watered by a mist that came up. And it says, uh, and watereth the earth, and bringeth forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. So here is a comparison that is made. 
the word that the word that comes out of God's mouth is the spoken word, the rhema word. It says, "So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth; it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing thereto that I have sent it." So let's now read uh, some of the things that I had mentioned earlier, actually right out of the scripture. In Genesis 2, 6, But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. How God did this, we don't know how the perfect world was back then, that you had the mist actually come up and water the whole ground. Uh I guess today we would call it dew. We could call it even a little fog uh, that would uh, collect upon the plants and, of course, eventually drop onto the earth and then provide water. It says in Genesis 2.10, And a river went from Eden, not a river in Eden, uh, but a river from Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted, and became into four heads. So, everyone that is thirsty, according to Isaiah 55, 1, it says, let him come. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, if anyone is thirsty, let him come. Come and drink. Drink of the waters of life, the, the living waters, the waters of rest. It says, let him come and drink of the waters, and he that has no money, come, ye buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. In Psalm 23, verse 2, here's several translations of it. He maketh me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still waters. He makes a resting place for me in the green fields. He is my guide by the quiet waters. Sheep need quiet, still waters to drink. If the waters are moving too fast, if they're, if they're too noisy, the sheep get scared. Well, the Lord is our shepherd. He leads us. And you find this in the book of Revelation that he is actually going to guide. If you were to read in chapter 7 of Revelation, verse 17, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, just like the people of Israel, a good land. He shall lead them, just like in Psalm 23, unto the living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And then, of course, we find in the, in the book of Revelation 22, the, the waters that are flowing, the crystal clear river that is shown and, and, and given unto us. So as we continue to read the translations, uh, it says in, in Psalm 23, 2, In a place of green grass, there he has made me to dwell. He has nourished me by the waters of rest. He has set me in a place of pastures. He has brought me up unto the waters of refreshment. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to the waters of rest. So here we see the importance of the part that water was going to play. But more than that, Israel no longer was going to have to water the ground like they did in Egypt. God was going to be the provider 
of all the different sources of water for them. Consider this today, food for thought and for the imagination. Are you being watered and are you a refresh, a refreshing stream that, that God's Spirit flows through your life to provide water for others? Well, until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. The Lord richly bless you. Join us tomorrow as we continue along this line of thinking. In Jesus' name, amen.